Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Monday, January 10th, New Year. I hope you enjoyed uh, your break from the commander. I am Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac is behind the boards working the producing of the show. Uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed uh, Doug Fitzgerald all last week. Uh, Doug does a phenomenal job. Um, I should just call him Mr. Guests. He uh, he does more interviews in about three days than I do in a month. <laughs> so if you want more interviews, you're going to have to email me at commanderjack at KLN.com and uh, I'll go scrounging around Lincoln and try to find him. But uh, I always enjoy the break. Uh, I always kind of go back after the fact and, and listen to Doug because he's a real pro. He has a great delivery. Uh, he does a great job finding um, guests around the county and in the city that I think are very informative. And clearly... Uh, we have different styles, as you figured out. But I'm happy to be back. Uh, took a break from uh, the world for a while. I, I went out to California. I played in a golf tournament uh, with some folks, um, namely uh, former Nebraska assistant volleyball coach Tyler Hildebrand and some of his cohorts from USA Volleyball. And it's a very competitive thing, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, we were in Palm Springs, so the weather was good. Uh, but like all things, I was excited to get back. I tried my very best not to pay attention to anything going on in the news, nationally or locally. Yeah, but those days are gone now. Vacation's over. <laughs> I was just getting ready to ask how well you succeeded in that goal of not paying attention. I did pretty good, but people, uh, when there's, there were a couple of new folks in this annual event, and so just in the to and fro of getting to know each other, you know, they, they would ask me, you know, what's your opinion on this? And, and most of it had to do with bigger picture things that hadn't happened like that week. Um, obviously, COVID's, I think, a topic anybody uh, can engage on with folks. Um, you know, of course, you have to be careful there because you never know, right? You know, both sides could end up in a fist fight, uh, especially in California. But uh, as I think most of the audience could figure out, most of the people I'm going to hang out with probably do see uh, similar uh, to myself on that. It's just the way it is. I mean, it's the people I hang out with, uh, you know, believe in freedom, believe in doing what's right for you and, and not telling anybody else what to do. Uh, but. As it would have it, it was the January 6th, uh, I'm just going to call it day, <laughs> even though we're trying to make it a memorial, and I, I plan to talk about that here on the show today. So that came up, um, <laughs> and I think that came up uh, as it did for all the nation. And obviously the Supreme Court stuff is is coming up, um, where they uh, looks like they're going to make a ruling on uh, the mask mandate through OSHA uh, with the federal government. So, you know, there's there's things boiling up, and a lot of people were talking about election integrity. And so, you know, what's interesting is if you travel out to California that we here, you know, view as a very liberal left, um, you know, I would say that's decently accurate, although most of the places I lived in California for the, you know, for 12 years uh, were highly conservative, uh, mainly San Diego, a military town, and 
of the pockets of people that I know all throughout California. Uh, there's plenty of conservatives there. Uh, but, of course, they're just simply outvoted. Um, so you do find a lot of interesting thought. But, you know, what's interesting to me is a lot of the topics that are of interest to Lincoln, Nebraska, are also topics but on a bigger scale in Los Angeles and San Francisco and Oakland and San Diego. Crime, you know, uh, policies with schools that uh, and education, uh, you know, uh, political leaders and their interpretation, say, of COVID and, and what to do about it. So it's very similar, at least to that demographic. Um, but all of us, I think, did try to avoid it. And uh, we did pretty good. But then I returned. <laughs> and along the way, there's been some funny sightings, right? I, I noticed that uh, the NASCAR driver named Brandon, who's who didn't start the Let's Go Brandon, but Football started the Let's Go Brandon, but in fact, fans chanting for uh, our president during a victory of his have caused another huge swell, and he is going to be sponsored by a new Bitcoin, uh, LGB coin or bite or something, and uh, NASCAR's like, yeah, we're going to let him do it. So <laughs> he's using that uh, social phenomena to um, get a sponsor. And there you go. That's America right there. I don't think anybody on either side of the political aisle should do anything but giggle about that. It's just a phrase that essentially means you don't agree with the president of the United States and a lot of his decisions. That's it. Uh, To look into it any more than that, I I think, is silly. Uh, But nonetheless, it, it made me chuckle because, you know, if you listen to the show, you've heard me comment on it. And I think that's why I say it. It just makes me giggle. It's kind of a funny deal if you break it down for people to get around the censorship of certain social media platforms that only happened in the last year and the ingenuity of the American people said, oh, well, here's how we can get around a company that's censoring free speech. And... uh and for the most part, it works. And that's just <laughs> how it goes. Uh, <laughs> uh, locally, I'm looking forward to uh, Bud Seinhorse from Liba coming in tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, to talk about all of the bills and things going into the new uh, Nebraska legislature that's the began meeting and, you know, bills are hitting the floor. And, and, and there's a lot of them. And I'm going to kind of save that because I've already seen some that I'm like, awesome. Uh, makes sense, common sense. You know, the one that sticks out in my mind is uh, from Senator Clement here locally uh, of getting the Lancaster, the Lincoln Lancaster Health Department underneath uh, the state like the rest of the health departments underneath the state. I don't think that we need to be living in an 1889, you know, structure here in Lincoln, Nebraska. I think it makes sense. I think a vast majority of us would probably support that. I've seen some other ones. I uh, saw, yeah, anyway. We're going to let Bud come in because he follows this stuff uh, with the Lincoln Independent Business Association because there's a lot of uh, items that have an interest of the businesses around Lincoln, and they'll be paying close attention. There's probably not a better resource besides the state senators themselves 
than Leba here in Lincoln and Lancaster County to understand the issues and to dissect them and ask questions. So we'll do that. Interesting. And, and you know, when I left or we got into the holiday season, there were some shifts in COVID with our mass mandate. You know, people were getting fired up about LPS and, uh, and now we're back and, you know, masks are back and Omicron, the Cron. We're just going to short that now. The Cron is here. Uh, apparently, it's not as deadly, which I'm very thankful for, and I think you are, but it's obviously highly contagious, so lots of people are coming down with it. Uh, but it's re- it's been interesting just to kind of follow the news because there's certainly been a national, I'm going to call it the the national pundits, shift in COVID over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've gone from... You know, we're going to beat it, to we can't do anything about it, to, well, actually, there's the flu and COVID. There's co-flu, flu-co, all kinds of just kind of new information, which I don't think necessarily changes much. But, in fact, our kids are back at school, and I'm sure that's going to be on parents' mind. And I know that LPS... The board is meeting tomorrow in special session at 4.30 and then open to their normal session at 6 p.m. And I think that, like I've said before, I suspect that as masking continues, that that's going to be something that we, uh, with LPS, we as parents continue to be very, very concerned about. And it's probably, uh, like it was in the beginning, going to be a contentious issue, so we'll pay attention to that. I think more on Americans' heads, or heads, minds, is probably this Supreme Court uh, ruling as it comes, uh, hearing about the OSHA mandate from the federal government. And the reason is, is there's hundreds of millions of Americans, maybe one-third of Americans, maybe more, that are going to be impacted by this. So, to give you the quick Commander Jack history, right, is we know that the vaccines are out there. All of us should understand that vaccines are out there. Uh, They offer a level of protection. They're open to anyone to go get them. So if you feel inclined, uh, please do so. And there has been a big push in some circles uh, to mandate them, to say that that is the only answer. And Joe Biden and the federal government have used OSHA uh, to... Put that mandate, if you will, on small businesses or business of 100 folks or greater. Uh, There's nothing you and I can do about the President of the United States and what he controls within the federal government, so to speak. So your military and such like that. They can make what rules they want. Um, But this has been highly contentious. And so many employers have, of course, went out and done it. Some have not. Some have done it and lost workforce. Uh, bottom line is, it's what we'd call a gaggle in the United States Navy. So there's a lot of people waiting, since there was an injunction at a lower court, and now the Supreme Court has it, to see, in fact, if this is going to go through or not. So there is a lot, I'm talking, like I said, 100 million Americans or more that are waiting on this decision uh, I guess, depending on who you listen to, it seems like the court is going to say, hey, they can't do that. Uh, that's what most people are saying now that you know it's in the law. And 
Wow. I mean, that will just, you know, cause a lot of companies, I guess, to reverse track. Uh, I think it's the right decision because I've said it's illegal from the get-go. Um, they don't have the legal authority to mandate um, such a thing. And I think the words of uh, one of Biden's advisors makes perfect sense. They tried to find a workaround, and this is why we're a country of laws. So I think most of us will be paying a lot of attention to the uh, Supreme Court decision around that. Now, how it will play out, your guess is as good as mine, folks. I'll be darned. I've been gone a week, but Richard is my first caller when we come back. Let's go to Richard. When I come back, I mean. Richard, how are you doing? I'm doing just great. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you had a nice break. Thank you. And uh, it, are, are we on the air or off the air? Oh, we're on the air, Richard. Oh, very good. Well, my question to you is a pressing question. Carla James retired and was going to go do something else. And she's now back doing the news. And I wonder if the station is making her give back the gold watch that they gave her when she went into retirement. <laughs> All right, Richard, I'm going to try to get Carla James in here. I, uh, I tried. Uh, oh, she, she won't she do it? She swamped. She said, no, they did not. Okay, no, they did not. But I will tell you this. Carla uh, was missed for a short time, and she missed... Uh, doing the news. She missed what she's been doing for a long time, and so we happily brought her back with open arms, and and, and so it's as if she never left for us. I, I know there was a few days out there that the audience probably didn't hear her voice, but uh, she's back. It's like she never left, and uh, we're happy to have her. Well, and as a listener, I'm glad to have her back, too. I, I was glad to hear her voice last week when you were gone, and I think that's just a big plus for the station. You bet. Appreciate it, Richard. Thank you. Oh, Richard, he's as solid as a listener as you can get. And, uh, yeah, Carla Swamped. I can see her over there. You know, that's the great thing about a radio station. You have windows everywhere. And uh, we can just look around and see what's going on. Interesting note, and I'll move on from it, but uh, back in December, and I think it's well worth noting that uh, Sandhills... Um, Global um, did a COVID-19 data analysis on the masks and sent that to our elected leaders here in Lincoln and Lancaster County in mid-December. And it's no surprise to me. I was reporting on it uh, almost real-time each week. I had my own set of analysis uh, going on the the, uh, different health departments in the area. Uh, Why I think it's significant is because uh, Sandhills Global is a... gigantic Lincoln institution, a long-standing Nebraska corporation headquartered in Lincoln, and uh, they specialize in information processing and data analysis, and obviously, you know, with their well-established trade publications website and hosted technologies, uh, they put some think into this using the numbers uh, that we were using from the various health departments, uh, just giving it kind of a clean scrub uh, from an analysis perspective and they sent this analysis uh, to our elected leaders and in fact uh, the conclusion was uh, the goal of this analysis is to show the effectiveness of a mass mandate not the effectiveness of masks in general when examining like data populations across multiple factors the data suggests that mass mandates did not have 
a measurable direct effect on improving COVID-19 cases rates or death rates. Vaccination rates appear to have a higher direct impact on those case and death rates during the period uh, beginning in quarter three, 2021. And I find that interesting because you know that uh, the Lancaster County Republican Party has put out a letter and a press release, uh, I believe, in November. We covered it on the show. I believe some other small businesses have done the same. And here's really uh, a powerhouse that has literally the analysts and, and can look at some things and just offer the facts. And now... I understand that yours truly can come across as, you know, wild and crazy and frustrated or mad. Uh, but in fact, uh, these facts back up the same facts that we were telling you. And I, I think it's important. Why? Because I think elected officials need to represent all of us. And I think that this is a way from a employer here in Lincoln, Nebraska, to um, express their thoughts in a professional manner. And I hope that in the future, when it comes to masks, um, our elected officials will take things like this letter and professional analysis by Sandhills Global, as well as input that I say on the air, as well as input from other small businesses, teachers, businesses, etc., um, to do what's best uh, for our local area. And, you know, if you didn't know that was out there, folks, uh, now you do. And I think it's important that, you know, there are businesses and people that, um, you know, feel that we're in this together. But there are some things that we need to be careful uh, when we're making quote unquote mandates and whether or not they're really helpful or they're political. And like I've said before, I would have been perfectly happy with an answer from Pat Lopez and the mayor. If they said, we tried something we thought would work, it clearly hasn't worked and we're moving on. Um, But in fact, you know, they just said, well, because of our vaccination rates are so high. Um, So they kind of, you know, punted the football around, if you will, and move the goalpost. And that's how you lose credibility, lose trust of your citizenry uh, when you're not able to talk straight to them. So hopefully we'll take that on board. One of the things when we come back that I want to talk about, it's something that I still don't know a lot about, but I'm I'm getting a little more educated on it. I guess I fall in this category, and 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 I I, I don't want to say that, but I do. Uh, and it's called the three percent. I guess the three percent, depending on how you look at it, can be people that are domestic terrorists. It can be a label of patriotism. Uh, I'm going to unpack that a little bit because I read something from a teammate that I thought was very good about the divide in this country. And I want to kind of break that down uh, on the next segment. 1499.3 You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, halfway through Monday's show, I am back. I'm getting in the saddle. This is Commander Jack Riggins, and this is Drive Time Lincoln. Got a couple of minutes here. Um, like I said, tomorrow we're going to have Bud Seinhorst on from Lincoln Independent Business Association, or LIBA, to discuss the to and fro's of the Nebraska legislature and a lot of the new bills that are being introduced 
Uh, I, for one, am happy that one is being introduced to put the Lincoln-Lancaster County Health Department underneath the state, opposed to its own entity. I think that that makes sense and uh, provides some synergy and synchronicity across the state. And there's many, many more, um, some dealing with national things, the way we want to uh, represent ourselves as a state, and m- many, obviously, inside the state. Matt Schulte, who uh, is a former school board member, as well as has been a friend of the show and works with youth, uh, announced today that he's going to run for District 3 um, county commissioners. Um, if you're a listener of the show, you know that I have been uh, watching the county commissioners, mainly because many of you have called in with your concerns, and he says that there's time for change, and he is going to run for that position. We're going to have him on the show. I don't know later this week or next week because Husker basketball, women's and men's, is going to trump us on Thursday and Friday. So there will be no drive time, Lincoln, Thursday and Friday. Um, But it's always good, I think, to see uh, fresh young faces like Matt getting into politics, wanting to help out locally. Um, and to all the candidates out there, no matter what your beliefs, Democrat, independent, uh, you know, pro-marijuana, free marijuana, whatever the new group is, Republican, come on the show. I'll give you your airtime to talk your platform. Might ask you a few questions. Love doing it. 1499.3, Drive Time Lincoln, KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3, KLIN. All right, second segment here on Drive Time Lincoln on a Monday, January 10th, a whole new year, 2022. I think that's the first time. Is that that the first time I've been on the show in January? I think so. I think this is the first time I've been on the air in 2022. It is indeed the first time you've been on the air this year. It is. All right. Well, great. Um, Looking forward to it, actually. Um, News just never goes away. And certainly uh, getting thoughts about it and putting them out there. Well, you know, folks, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> uh, happy to be here, as we say. Actually excited to come back. Miss Johnny. Miss you in California. Likewise, Jack. I missed you, too. It was, it was great working with Doug last week, but it's still there's a rigging size hole here that still needed to be filled. <laughs> You're silly. Uh, interesting enough, California was not as crazy. Of course, I went to Palm Springs, which is like a... I don't even know. It's like a time warp that isn't really California. It's just a place where a lot of uh, older folks go for good weather and a lot of golfers descend to um, to get their golf on. Um, and I discussed a little bit of that in the first session, and I'm going to pivot a little bit uh, to one of the conversations that then led me to January 6th, which led me to three percenters whatever that is, uh, and then to research and go, well, maybe I'll have a segment on the show about that. Uh, first, I want to make sure everybody understands I'm back and understand that uh, school's back in and we're back to face coverings, and I'm sure that that will be one of the more debated things here, uh, at least throughout the school year. Um, and you know what? As of right now, I'm going to kind of play on your lead. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about where the city's at on it. I haven't dug into it uh, with the school, but I'm sure many parents are fired up about it and have opinions. Uh, there will be a board meeting tomorrow at 6 p.m. They have a special session, closed door, where they're doing some other things. Um, 
for me, I would like for folks to uh, focus on the county commissioners as well um, as they begin to look at their budgets and have a meeting tomorrow and and get engaged on this issue with infrastructure and roads and bridges and our county engineer, uh, Pam Dingman, who's on quite a bit and has laid out a very just facts case multiple times to the commissioners and to no avail. Uh, don't want to give her the money. And that doesn't make any sense to me. And I know it doesn't make a lot of sense to you all either. Uh, but the difference is, is if we start watching and start calling and start writing, they start to think more about it. The other issue that I will be hot on with the county commissioners, and specifically um, Mr. Flowerday, is this issue uncovered by... Uh, the voter accuracy project of taking Zuckerbucks or Mark Zuckerberg's uh, 501c to help with elections grant during the last election um, to upwards of four hundred thousand uh, dollars to help with the election, and then putting drop boxes out there uh, that weren't secure per our own laws. And there makes there is no logical reason for the county commissioners to have authorized that and to have taken that money that makes sense given the dynamics here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and the money's already released by the federal government to help with the election. And that needs to be shut down, folks. We don't need grant money involved in any election at any level of federal, state, or local. Yet we went ahead and did it right here in Lancaster County. So that's one we're going to dig into. So some of those things, you know, when you talk about election security, uh, when you talk about divisiveness in our country, they, they should cause you or they cause me to step back and think, okay, you know, how is this? How has this come about? What's going on? You know, is there deeper meaning? You know, on on some level, some people are on the crazy conspiracy theory side, and then there's just terms thrown around, right? You know, branch COVIDians, you know, people trying to force other people to take the vax, wear a mask, other people, you know, like myself that are saying, you know, freedom, doing the William Wallace thing, Um, you know, looking at our Constitution and our laws and living by those. Um, So there's a lot of friction right now. I'm sure we'll have a show on China and Russia as well, because right now it just seems like everything's focused internally in the United States, and we always forget that uh, we're still the world leaders, and we still have responsibilities and agreements all around the world. (laughs) But, you know, it shouldn't surprise anybody that our national enemies are making moves right now. Anyway, that led me to a question that almost blew my mind out in California. Somebody asked me, based on my background, they said, Jack, how close to a civil war do you think we are? Just like right now, just saying that pains me. I I was shocked, and I took a long time to think about that and, and how to answer to somebody that's not been around those type of dynamics or studied military history or studied civilizations, nations that have had that happen 
obviously most of us here are familiar with the Civil War that for the most part uh, was between the North and the South and um, ended up freeing the slaves and then all of the, um, you know, kind of growth after that. And, And I guess my thought is this. I want to make sure I reiterate this because I get fired up on the air. But we Americans, people living here trying to be Americans, we must talk. We must understand our history. We must understand our Constitution and the laws under which we live. They have served this nation and the world very, very well. We should also understand that we have made tweaks to that over time for the betterment of all. The key word there is tweaks. For instance, you could talk about slavery. There was a big tweak. We had to go to war over that. You can talk about uh, women's rights and women's ability to vote. Um, You can talk about equal opportunity rights. So if you look at America from the macro, the big picture... We have been on a growth curve since inception, and we do have rocky times. What history tells us is that when we talk, and clearly there's different sides to all thoughts and arguments, we come up with collective solutions. So I'm a big proponent of that. As a matter of fact, I get frustrated on this show sometimes that folks that see things opposite don't want to come on or don't want to share their opinion, um, even locally, because I don't know how we go forward if we're not going to have open discussion, dialogue, and debate. Okay? Because in the end of the day, if you only listen to my show and you only believe in the things I say or I believe in that, then you're just getting a one-sided thing when there's many other talented people out there in our great city and our great county. And so we've got to find a way to work together. The other thing I want to say is nonviolence. Okay, that, that is huge. And that is something in recent times which probably has caused someone from California living up north to ask me <laughs> about civil war. Because in some parts of our country, there's violence taking place, okay, on both sides of your political beliefs that, depending on where you're living, uh, can impact you greatly. Or there's laws being changed by politicians that say you can, you know, go steal things and you're not going to get charged as long as it's under a certain amount. So there's a breakdown of law and order deliberately by politicians, And so I think there's a lot of folks that are confused. Now, when he asked me that, I went back to what I was seeing. Probably the only thing I heard about, because somebody directed it to me, was this January 6th day. And the reason I say day, folks, is in no way, shape, or form are we going to agree. We can find a way to work forward, but we're not going to agree on whether that's an insurrection or not. Okay, it wasn't plain and simple. It wasn't an insurrection. It goes nowhere near what the vice president and the president want to say is Pearl Harbor or uh, 9-11. Okay, it was people that stormed the Capitol in small amounts, right, that caused some chaos. Was it bad? Yes. 
Insurrection? Trying to take over the United States government? No. One of the main reasons that anybody can know it wasn't an insurrection is because they were calling it an insurrection and it hadn't even ended yet. Okay? In an insurrection or a coup, you're not going to give up the place of power when they tell you to disperse like they told these people and they dispersed by 6 p.m. that night. (laughs) Okay? They just don't walk away. Okay? And it... The airwaves aren't filled with every reporter in the world using the word insurrection unless there's some kind of political motivation behind it. Now, the reason I bring that up is because it happened, much like Seattle has happened. Federal buildings have been taken over in Portland, Seattle, many other places. None of that's good. I'm not advocating any of that. You heard me say nonviolence. But to continue to draw it out from the most senior leaders of our country is not only negligent, it's dangerous. And I say that because I couldn't believe that that show was put on on January 6th. And a good friend of mine who, uh, I'll get to three percenters in a second because he would be labeled one of those under, I guess, what the definition is now, is a great political writer and he has written a lot about politics. He's a Naval Academy graduate. And he's a Democrat, and we discussed a lot of things leading up to the election. And one of the things that he said is he said, you know what, if you don't know a lot about politics, if you don't care about politics, I would ask you to simply look at the candidates. He's talking about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And vote for who you think will unite the country the most. On that simple principle. And of course, he's... From his perspective, he's talking about Joe Biden. And that was his plea, right, to people that just can vote but don't pay much attention to it. And I couldn't really argue that at the time, so to speak. Uh, President Trump had his divisive ways, and there were some things going on. Uh, Clearly, right, we, we tend to divide along political lines in this country. And me personally, and I will still advocate this to all politicians everywhere, You represent the American people or the American area that you're in, whatever it is. All of us. And you have to take the bigger step when you're in charge. Right? And I was hoping when Joe Biden was elected that he would try to have policies that brought America together. That kept us together and continued some of the good things that President Trump had done. To not double down on political rhetoric, left-leaning, maybe extreme left. But in fact, Joe Biden so far has been probably the most divisive president since God knows when. And the January 6th charade that they rolled out is just another example of that. The way he's handled covid The way he's handled the border, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan and leaving allies hanging, questioning security agreements, enabling Russia, enabling China, right? And that makes me sad because I live here. I fought for this place, as many of you have, and I wanted to succeed for my children and your children and grandchildren and 
generations on. And so we must talk, right? And it's got to be nonviolent. But if we're going to hunker down, well, I don't know where we're going to go. So to answer that gentleman's question, well, I, I don't think we're close to a civil war. I guess on a scale, we're closer than maybe any time in my life because people are fired up, and that's a sad reality. Um, but I also would say this. Let's talk. Let's use our right to vote, 2022-2024, and let's continue as the American people to use that as well as our voices in peaceful protest and writing and calling to let politicians know that we're watching now. And that brought me to the 3%er. And I came across 3%er because obviously I like weapons and there's a lot of patches out there that say 3%er. And... Again, I think some people think that's a terrorist organization. I think some people in our country think, oh, well, that's the Proud Boys or these white crazy groups. Um, I think other people look at that like, you know, I'm just a patriot. But it was really interesting to where we start these divides. So Don Lemon said we have to stop demonizing people and realize that the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Most of them radicalized to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. Don Lemon, host on CNN, said that on October 29th, 2018. So my teammate wrote a response. All right, this is a man that served his country. He said, after surviving three wars, a gunshot wound, a near-fatal drowning, a failed parachute, Taliban ambushes, Taliban, ISIS snipers, mortars, minefields, suicide bombers, and laying down my life for the case of freedom while fighting shoulder to shoulder with my brother Arabs, Asians, blacks, Hispanics, Christians, Muslims, Jews, Buddhists, amnists, and atheists. I have now returned home to the USA where CNN has labeled me as a radicalized right-wing terrorist simply because of my gender and the color of my skin. I represent just one of the hundreds of thousands of conservatives who have fought to preserve freedom in the great nation and other nations. My forefathers are the 3% who founded the Republic against the might of the British Army. It was conservative men who died by the tens of thousands after charging into our southern states to free our black brothers from slavery imposed by them and the liberal left. We are the ones who acknowledge that women have the right to vote. We held the line in World War I and II. We have fought for freedom and liberty for generations and will continue to do so today. Remember that when you vote, one final thought. I've referred to myself as a white man in the previous census, but I am just an American. I am an American, and that's what's important. We need to do this together. 1499.3. We're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, uh, finishing up the show here, uh, kind of thoughts, uh, you know, Sometime during the Obama administration, uh, rumor was going around, and it was laughable at the time, but uh, it, it basically had something to do with a lot of us war vets, especially special operations guys, um, uh, under certain circumstances could be looked at as domestic terrorists. And, of course, that's laughable. Um, it's also very insulting uh, when you're in that role defending your country and you're forward uh, doing the work of the country, sometimes the president directly. But as time has gone on, and the reason I bring this up, um, kind of coming from the January 6th and the, and the differences, is that um, 
you know, identity politics does not lead to freedom. Uh, it only leads to hatred and division and kind of an us versus them mentality. And we're certainly, when I have to answer that question from somebody out in California about civil war, uh, we are in a, a much more us versus them mentality. I would like to close that gap because we're all Americans. And that's my point of saying it, um, you know. If you need to look at my background and what I do on the radio and call me a three percenter because that means patriot, then yes, I'm that. If you believe a three percenter and, and what I do is a domestic terrorist, you would be wrong, um, right? Um, I don't like to identify really by anything. Um, I'm an American just like you trying to raise a family. Um, and what I know about history and what I know about people is that we have to communicate and we have to talk and we have to do it in a nonviolent way both locally uh, state and nationally and we're kind of further from that i'm sure we're going to cast jokes here and there and sometimes you know that's going to maybe hurt and maybe it was a mistake uh, but folks we've got to get to where we're working together or the republic as we know it's going to go away 1499.3 klin